Well, guess what? Today is Sunday, in case you didn't know. It's a beautiful day. And I just want to say welcome and welcome to everybody online watching. And here's a couple of phrases I want to see if you, you spot or you've heard before, perhaps. The first one is this. Have you ever heard the phrase, one man's trash is another man's treasure? Can anybody identify with this? Anybody do like the, the garage sale or state sales? Yeah, yeah. I, we got sucked into one of those not too long ago. And um, we walked out with way more stuff. I had stuff like I didn't even think, you know, I'm just like, Leanna's standing there like she's like trying to control me. She's like, honey, you got to stop, you know. But I'm like, look at this. I'll use this someday. And so I try to convince her that those are my treasures, but we're still working that out. So anyway, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Why? Because one person sees something maybe in a certain light and, and somebody else can see maybe the value or the potential value in that item, correct? Usually maybe it's the, the, the man's lazy boy chair. If you guys, any spouses had that argument, that lazy boy rock, you know, that chair that sits in the living room that's just matches nothing, but it's sentimental and, and the husband really just loves it. Yeah, okay, at least a few people. I think everybody else is just not being honest, but yeah. But we have that, you know, we have these things and we, we, we treasure them. How about this one? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? What does that mean exactly? It means, you know, something that one person thinks is just horrific or ugly, one, another person will come by and say, that's beautiful. I mean, look at all the cars in this parking lot, for example. Look at all the car, the colors, look at the models. You know, we all, we all have different tastes, don't we? We all have kind of what we like, and it may be different than what someone else, is li what someone else likes. And so we say, don't we? We say that we, we value something or we love something, and if we look at it, we, we can say, especially in the English language, that, you know, I love this old chair. But then we can also turn around and say, you know, I love my spouse or I love my children. We use that word love. I love pizza. That word love just doesn't really quite get down to the meaning. But one of the things that love does uh, convey when we say that is obviously that we value something, right? You don't love something you don't value, right? So we value something. Now, Oxford, the Oxford Dictionary defines value as this. It says the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. Now, again, many of you probably are wearing a, a ring or of some kind, and, you know, whether it's gold or silver, it has a value, doesn't it? We take it to a jeweler. They'll look at it. They pull out the, one of those eyeglass things and take a real close look at it. Uh, if it's, you know, a ring and it's got diamonds, you know, they're looking at the quality and the cut of the diamond. And that determines, there's a value that's determined, right, by that inspection. And that's a standard, kind of a standard of value. But if that ring, that same ring, was passed down from like a great-grandmother or great-grandfather, and it's been in the family for many, many generations, or perhaps it was given to you by someone who's no longer with us here on this earth, that value changes, doesn't it? That value suddenly goes beyond or is much greater than perhaps what a, a value, just a standard value that's placed on it, isn't it? So again, this, this idea of value and how it is assigned, we can break it down to this. It says, so value then is really established by the one doing the purchasing of the item rather than the object itself, right? It's the one who's doing the purchasing. 
Now, as I mentioned, you know, we lived in the Middle East in Kuwait for almost 10 years. One of the things there to do is you go to the local market, which, which is called a souk. And the souk, it's just like the movies. If you've ever watched anything, you know, where they're overseas and you're walking down and people are coming out of their shops all but maybe putting hands on you, trying to get you to come in, trying to sell you. You know, you're having to like kind of, no, no, no. But when you do want to buy something, you go in. And I don't know about you, but I, I just want a price tag, right? Just put the price on it that everyone else is going to pay. And I don't care if, if it's a million dollars, you know, I'll just, I'll pay it. If that's what everybody else is paying, I'll just buy it. I'm not going to sit there. But you walk into these stores and there's no price tags on anything. And, and so what you're supposed to do, I, I mean, and, and some of us are wired differently than others. So you're supposed to go in and you haggle, right? You know, I'm looking at stuff, Leanna's looking at stuff, and, and, you know, they always tell you, too, like, don't, you know, when you spot something with your eye that you want, you don't start with that thing. First, you go to something else. So let me just give you a little one-on-one -on -one here, 101. If you're overseas ever and you're doing this, always go to something else. You pull that up and say, how much is this? And you talk about it for a while, okay. And then you pick something else up, oh, this is really nice. You talk about that for a while, get a price, and you're like, eh, I don't know. And you're like, well, how about this thing over here? That's the thing you really want. All right, and so then you pick that up, kind of like, well, maybe this, how about this? And so that's, you're welcome. You can thank me later when you actually do this. But I am not good at this. One, because I don't want to take the time. I, don't, I have things to do. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. And the longer I'm in there, the more I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Quick side story, actually, I forgot about this. I'll say, because it's funny. We were in Sri Lanka, and we went into this tourist shop, and we loaded up. We were buying all of our gifts to take home, right? And so we, we haggle, right? We're like, yes, we're doing this. We're in there. We're getting the price down. We do all that stuff. So we pay for all of our, all of our items. You know, there's probably about 20 things. And as we're walking out, these guys are like throwing like free T-shirts and all this kind of stuff in our, in our uh, bag that we're taking. I think because they were so, felt so much guilt because of how much money they just ripped us off. And so we're like getting all this free stuff. And I'm walking out and they're throwing stuff in my bag. And my face is just like, we just got taken to town. We probably spent like three times as much as we're supposed to. But so anyway, Leanna and I are not people to help you out in that. But again, this idea of value. And so that's what they tell you when they boil it all down. It's like, what are you willing to pay for something when you walk in? If I see this little trinket, if I think it's worth five bucks, if I'm willing to pay five bucks, then it's worth five bucks. So again, finding value. Now let me transition this a little bit. How do we find value? It's, you know, it's a little easier to, in an object, but how do we find value in a person? How do we determine a val what somebody's value is? Why should we value someone? How is the value of a life established? So today's message is entitled The Value of a Life, and that's what I want to spend the next few moments going into is how is it that we establish the value of a life? If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Mark chapter 12. And if you're online watching, you get the magic screen that comes up, the Bible right there in the verse. Mark chapter 12, I'm going to read uh, verses 13 through 17. Many of us probably have heard this before, but I think it's, it's good. It's, it's, there's a really good principle here. And I'll be reading from the ESV today. So Mark 12, beginning in verse 13, it says, and they, said, they sent to him, this is uh, the Pharisees to Jesus, uh, some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. 
And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Now, again, if you're not catching it, they are like really trying to sell this. They're trying to like butter him up here, you know, because they're pouring on this, you know, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinions, for you are not swayed by appearances, and then, but truly teach the way of God. They obviously didn't believe this, but they're trying to kind of butter him up. And it said, then they go on and say, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But here's Jesus. But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one, and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. So Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity today just to share your word. God, I pray that you open our hearts, our our minds, Father God, to, to hear and receive what you have for us today. God, I thank you for each person here today on this gorgeous day that we have. I thank you for each person that's watching online. God, again, that you are speaking to them, Lord God. Again, we're so grateful there's no distance in the spirit. So God, we just thank you for this time today together to study your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So when they're talking about the coin here, I mean, one of the, I'll never forget, it was probably a few years ago, I, I was listening to there's a very short teaching on this by uh, a man named Ravi Zacharias. And if you uh, recall, Pastor Tony mentioned it a few weeks back. And a few weeks, just a few weeks ago, he, uh, he went home to be with the Lord, Ravi Zacharias. And he was one of the greatest, I think, Christian thinkers, apologists of our time. If you don't know who I'm talking about, yes, you, you need to get online and check out anything he does or, or speaks on. Um, and it, what was so amazing is he would go around with his organization, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, I believe it's called, and he would, they would go around all over the world, but also to many even liberal universities, and they would pack out auditoriums, thousands and thousands of people that weren't even Christian. And what was so incredible about him was watching him engage with people that saw things differently or had like questions, would question things. And the amazing thing when you watch him, you always, always take note of how he sees the person behind the question, how he shows that he values. Most of the time, I think maybe every time, but a lot of times I've watched, he always asks what the person's name if he didn't get it so he could refer to him by name. And you always hear the compassion and the love, even though he disagrees with their stance, but you hear that compassion and that love come through because he valued that person and realized that there's a person behind the question. And so um, he, he speaks, if you Google it, you can find it where he talks about this. It's only a few minutes. But when I watched it, and he pulled this truth out of, out of this section of scripture, I mean, you could literally hear the room gasp. Because it, so many people just miss if you just kind of go through this. Because at the, that last sentence, it says, when he, after he makes this statement of render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, He says, and they marveled at him. Why were they marveling? Because there was something that was said or there was something done there that that really caught their attention. And so the way Ravi explained it was like this. He said that basically when these Pharisees came and they asked the question, when Jesus responds, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's 
and to God the things that are God's. Well, the logical answer here, obviously, render to Caesar was Caesar's. Well, he's talking about the coin, right? Because on the coin, the image of Caesar was on the coin. So he said, well, that belongs to Caesar. But then the disingenuousness of the, the questioner comes through because the logical next question would be what? It would be, well, what are the things of God? What do you mean, what belongs to God? Or what bears the image of God? To which Jesus would have responded, you, me. Every single human being bears the image of God and therefore belongs to God because we were made by God. And so each and every single one of us has value, not because we're great, but because we carry and bury and bear the image of God. And some of us here, some of you today, and some of you watching online need to understand that you have value. Regardless of what was said to you by your parents growing up, what's been said by a spouse, what's been said by a family member, whatever lie that you've been sold, you have value just because you have been created in the image of God the Father, God Almighty. And we need to understand that. So value in anything is based on who it was created by and by how much someone is willing to pay. Has anybody ever heard of Van Gogh? Yes. Okay. Van Gogh. Uh, it's not a van that goes. It's a person that actually painted many things. And if you ever look up the paintings that are for sale, they just go, they go for astronomical amounts of money, right? Now, here's the deal. I could take a, the exact same kind of canvas that Van Gogh used. I could get the exact same kind of paints. I could hand them to get the same brushes even and give them to my seven-year-old and let him go to town on a canvas. And he would paint his heart out, all of his heart, just poured into this canvas. And if I came up here and displayed his beautiful work of art to you, and try to get, you know, a million dollars, a starting bid or something like that, you all would just sit there and just keep looking at me the way you're looking at me right now, right? Because it's just not happening. Even though it's the same paints, it's the same colors, it's the same kind of canvas, but it's not done in the same way that he did or the talent that he had, but more, more importantly, it wasn't done by the person. And so with people using the same kind of definition, Value in anything is based on who it was created by. Well, who created us? God, right? And by how much someone is willing to pay. How much was God or how much were you paid for? How much was your ransom from sin? It cost the life of his son Jesus, didn't it? Death on a cross. So the value is very high in a person. Can we agree on that? It costs a lot. Once we recognize the value in others, we will begin treating them as valuable. Once we recognize the value in others, we begin treating them as valuable. Has anybody ever seen the geodes? You know what geodes are? Those things are so cool. It's the ones that's like a rock. It just looks like you would walk past it anytime it was, if you didn't know what it was. And then it's when they break it open, they've got all the crystals inside and just beautiful, right? But if you don't have the eye to recognize the value, 
you would just walk by. How many times do we do that during our daily life when we walk by a person? Maybe that person sitting on the side of the street asking for money. Are we recognizing the value that that person carries, that they carry the image of God? So how do we value others? Once we see the value in others, then we can forgive others, all right? Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Interesting enough, this comes right on the tail end of the Lord's Prayer, when it says, you know, forgive us as we forgive those, forgive our trespasses or forgive our sins, depending on the translation as we forgive those who have trespassed or sinned against us. And so this is right on the heels of that. It's making this point again, Jesus is, about forgiving others so that we are forgiven. And so we have a choice when people hurt us. Maybe you've heard this before. We have a choice to either become bitter or better, right? When someone hurts us or someone offends us, if we don't forgive them, if we hold that unforgiveness, it's not hurting them. In our mind, we think it does at times. Well, we're gonna get, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to get you back. I'm not going to let you off the hook. But all it does is build bitterness within, in us, doesn't it? Have you ever met one of those people or maybe you have somebody in your life that's like that, that's maybe something bad happened to them and it's not saying that what happened to them wasn't bad or you know, it wasn't difficult, but they've held on to that for so long and now they've grown up into this old, like bitter person, right? They just, they just spew bitterness and nothing's ever good and it just, it just grows. Martin Luther said, bitterness is blindness. Bitterness is blindness. We can't see past that offense. So we really don't have a choice, though, do we? If we want God to forgive us, we have no option but to forgive others. And I want to make it clear one more time. It doesn't mean it's easy all the time. I realize in a group this size that there are probably some things that have been done to people in this, this group that are absolutely horrific, and I understand that it's challenging. But with God's help, you can surely extend forgiveness to whatever it is that's been done to you. I promise you that. If we value, we love. And if we love, we forgive. Another way we value others is once we see the value in others, we can accept others. In John 8, 1 through 11, um, I'll jump in in verse 5. And this is where they bring the woman who was caught in, caught in adultery before Jesus. And in verse 5, it says, The law of Moses says to stone her. This is what the Pharisees saying to, her, to Jesus. What do you say? They, are trying to trap, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And again, this is the mystery that nobody really knows the answer to. They say maybe it was their sins. Maybe he started writing the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, one of those things could probably is true. Um, but then it goes on, verse 7, they kept demanding an answer, and he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So 
what we're getting at here is that we can accept someone without approving of what they do. Now, it's getting harder for people to understand this in the day and age that we live in, isn't it? It's like, if you disagree with somebody, I mean, it just breaks my heart. The things that I see happen on Facebook, and it's not just the recent events, it's, it's been going on for a while, right? If you disagree with somebody, even a family member, we can no longer have a disagreement on this one issue. It's like, if you disagree, it's like, well, I'm not gonna be in a relationship with you because I don't like you. And so what do we do? We fill our Facebook page with people that agree with us and because it makes us feel really good about ourselves, doesn't it? It's okay, you can be honest. It's just when you post, make that post and you get, you know, 5,000 likes on it, you're like, yeah, that's, that's me, I'm, I'm great. But the reality is, is you're, just, you're being followed by 5,000 people that like you and agree with you. And so we need, it is good for disagreements to happen. It's good for us to be challenged in what we believe because then we know, you know, why it is we believe what we believe, right? And so, again, we can disagree and, and, and still have love for one another and accept one another. And so that's what we need to do with people around us. We, we don't have to go around approving of everything, but we do have to accept them because this is the true mark of loving someone. And if we're called to love others, then we accept the person, but, but not the sin or the disagreement. So never forget that you and I both... We were sinners. We didn't start out clean, did we? We needed a savior. And so, you know, I was in a, um, a vein, if you will, of the Christian faith at one point where, you know, you, you, it wasn't right. You don't say that I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You don't, that was your past. And in a lot of ways, I agree. You know, I agree that that's your past. You don't have to dwell on that. But never forget where you came from. Never forget what you were saved from. Even if you thought you were good, you weren't. We all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We needed a Savior, and Jesus saved us. So, again, don't forget where you came from. Everyone has value because they are made in the image of God, and therefore they should be accepted. Does anybody here have a, a Visa card or MasterCard? You want to share, anybody want to share their number? No? Okay. Well, listen, you can have a Visa card, and I can have a Visa card. Your Visa card, you know, maybe brand new, shiny, maybe it's like the platinum or the black edition, whatever it is, you know, maybe you've got $50 million in your, you know, your spending limit. I may have, you know, a $100 Visa card that's all beat up and bent up and everything else. But the reality is when we walk into a, a, a place, a business, and it has a Visa card accepted here, we can walk in and I can buy my little candy bar the same as you can as you're on your visa right we both swipe our cards it's both they're accepted and we buy it and we walk out with our candy bar mine right now are the black or the dark chocolate kit kats with a mint anybody had those yet in case you wanted to know yep those are amazing if you like the thin mints by the girl scouts that's they taste exactly like that so that's a freebie from your pastor so god bless you so um but yeah but visa they're, they're accepted it's accepted no matter what it looks like right and that's my point. That is my point here, that they're accepted. And so we need to accept others. Lastly, once we see the value in others, we can believe in others. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. 
But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so if we're struggling today to believe in someone, it is because we are struggling with the image of God. See, God is God. And sometimes, you know, I've said this numerous times, when we get in difficult seasons, we start to lose who God is or what, you know, all that he contain, that's contained with him, in him. We start to lose that perspective of who God is. And if, if you ever get, uh, want to do a study, do a study on the attributes of God. It's incredible. Because God doesn't just possess those things. He is those things. And so, again, we need to remember and, and have the image of God very clear in our minds. Because then we truly can see the value in others. We don't believe in others based on their potential alone. We believe in them based on the potential found in Jesus Christ. No person, no matter how far they seem, may seem away, are unreachable by God. Do you understand that? If you, look, if you look online and read some of the testimonies of people that were saved off of the streets, they were hooked on drugs, life was over, and they were saved because God is that great and that big and able to reach anybody wherever they are. We can believe in others, not because they're great or have great potential, but because God is great. And the potential is always there. So don't stop praying for that person. So again, when we see value, we forgive others, we accept others, and we believe others. We believe in others. And a way to say that, that spells out fab, right? You know, fabulous? Ever said that's fab? Does anybody say that's fab? I wouldn't say it either. It just was an acronym that worked out. But yeah, we should all be looking to be fab. And uh, we can maybe get buttons that say that too. Because we're forgiven, right? We're forgiven, we're accepted, and people believe in us. Someone's believed in us. And so it all stems from when we recognize the value in ourselves and in others because we are all, all made in the image of God. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your age. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we all bear the image of God. We are all created in the image of God. So in closing, if we value God, we'll value people. Plain and simple. If we value God, we'll value people. Another way to say that is if we love God, we will love people. If we love God, we'll love people. What did Jesus say were the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Mind and soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. What does that boil down to? Love God. Love people. And I believe that the problem, or one of the biggest problems we see in our society today, and, and the many of the problems we're having, is that we are trying, people are trying to love others out of themselves. They're trying to skip the first commandment, the greatest commandment, the starting point, which is that we are to love God. Until we truly love God, how in the world can we truly ever love someone else? Unless they're just like us, they smell like us, they walk like us, and they think like us, right? 
So we're looking for goodness within ourselves. Mankind is searching, and that's what you hear all the time, right? You always hear about search inward. Go get a self-help book. I need to focus, you know, on all this meditation and stuff. If you're going to meditate, meditate on scripture, all right? Because when we try to meditate and go inside ourselves, there's nothing good there. We must meditate on scripture, on the word of God, because we are only good because of God. Amen? Amen. So don't buy into what the world is selling because we can have a kumbaya moment. We might be able to be good for like a minute. <laughs> but as soon as somebody says something that offends us, that's different than us, the only thing, the only way that we can respond in love is by first having the love for God that only comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? It's understanding, amen, understanding where we come from and what we've been saved from. It's understanding that we have value not because we're great in of ourselves, but because our maker, our creator is great. And his fingerprint is on each and every one of us. And so I encourage you today to dial in on God, to dial in on that relationship with God, your relationship with God. Because when you get that picture of God and you're loving God, then you can see the one next to you who's different, who's hurting, rather than just passing right by. Or saying, no, I don't got time for that. Always see the person behind the question. Always see the person behind the disagreement. Because God loves that person as much as he loves you. And he died for them the same as he died for you. The only way we can truly love like Jesus is by loving our Heavenly Father first and then loving others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again, Lord, for today. God, I thank you for this, this message, this reminder during the times that we find ourselves. God, times of uncertainty, times of unrest. And Lord, there's just so much hate and anger, Lord. So much hate and anger. God, we need you. We need you. We cannot do this on our own. And Lord, I pray that somehow, some way, as only you can do, you begin to break through and break into this scene that we see before us, Lord God, of unrest, of dissension, of anger, of hate. Lord, I thank you that every single person we see on TV, on Facebook, Lord God, in person, God, that they are created in your image and they are valuable and that you love them, Father. God, I pray for those here today and, and watching online, Lord God, that perhaps don't feel valuable today, don't feel valued. Perhaps there's wounded emotions, perhaps things have been said, Lord, that they've never been able to shake. And, and God, I pray that as they've professed you as Lord and Savior of their life, Lord God, that I pray that they see themselves, that their, that their image is found in you, that their worth is found in you, that their worth isn't established by what a person says, but by the fact that their creator, God, loves them. 
God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins and for the sins of everyone watching today and for the world, Lord. What a tremendous price. What a demonstration of the value that you've placed on your children. God, I thank you that you love us and that you care for us so much. And God, I pray that we leave this place today knowing that every single person, ourselves included, is valuable. Let us not be quick to walk by the one that's different than us, that's struggling. But God, give us a heart. Give us a heart for those that need help, that need to hear good, the good news of Jesus. Help us to love others well. Because we love the things we value. God, we thank you for this time today. Thank you that you've spoken to us. And God, I pray that each one here, myself included, now applies this and not just leave this place thinking, wow, that was a great message, but God, that we go and we do it. That we do it. Thank you for this time, in Jesus' name, amen.